cliffcentral.com Womantla on cliffcentral.com Because I was never going to be able to start this show without saying goodbye and without saying what an awesome, awesome woman. Um, that is the incredible voice of Tandy Glasson, who's gone to a better world um, at the ripe old age of 86. And I really wanted to tell, with everybody on Facebook telling all of their stories about all the things and watching all the tributes and watching, looking on BBC and the whole world just saying how awesome and amazing this woman was. I wanted to tell the story of how, and now that it's a good 20 years ago, maybe 22 years ago, when I was in Standard, Standard 8 to Standard 9, I'd always heard the story of this woman, this incredible jazz legend, whose face was burnt with acid by a woman who they were fighting for a guy for. And I thought, oh my God, when I heard the story, I used to think this is crazy. You're just, as a teenager who's like crazy about love, crazy about love and crazy about her boyfriend at the time, I always thought I'd never get into that kind of fight. But as I've grown older and seen the world and met women who are so hurt and broken themselves, it was incredible to think back to that story Everybody knows the story of how her face got burnt down and she was at a show. She was on stage and this woman, a love rival, walked in. And when you hear her tell the story of of what she felt like when this woman and the commotion she caused and throwing the acid in her face as she stood there on the stage. And when I met her in 1995, I think it was, I couldn't stop staring she was so awesome and she was so regal and she was so unbroken by this crazy thing that happened to her. She made me believe, a little 15-year-old me back then, how nothing, nothing, nothing can ever take away the thing that you have inside. If you, inside of you, are whole, if you are enough for yourself, that's what I learned from Mum Tandy Klaassen. And when I hear that song, Sophia Town, it just makes me feel like how awesome she was. And that's my story about Mam Tandy Glasson and I hope her soul rests in peace. Such a fabulous artist that we've lost. I'm Pumi Mashekho and you're listening to Wumanta. It is my first day of school today. It was the first day of school and I was late. Um, such a bad mommy. I was stuck in traffic for over an hour trying to get Ganeho to school. And the whole time I'm sitting in that traffic, I'm thinking, ah, the idea of sitting in this traffic every day, getting to school, rushing, rushing, rushing. And everywhere around us, in the newspapers, on TV, because school is only a week and a half in for some people, today being the first day for other people. We're all talking about, does traditional school still work? Does homeschooling, is homeschooling a viable option? And we're hearing all sorts of things. The number of people who are homeschooling their children has grown. When we saw the matric results come out, I mean, interestingly, they didn't talk about any of the matric results of the kids that were being homeschooled, but also alternative schools. So not just traditional schools, not just um, your lineup uh Cheese, cheese cutter, cheese cutter in hand kind of school, not your traditional boys, girls schools, not your religious schools, but 
you know, the Montessori's, Montessori when I was growing up was still just only for preschool people. But now, you know, we've got Montessori primary schools. We've got lots of different types of private schools that are springing up everywhere. And we've got lots of different types of educating systems that parents have available to them. So I thought, you know what? You can't ask for a parenting expert, but what you can ask for is you can ask some parents who've had the experience, what their experience is, to share their experience with us. And some time ago, I had two um, wonderful women on the show, one who's homeschooled her kids, um, a stepdaughter and her own daughter, 16-year-old daughter at the time, and a mother who sent her kids to the world of school. And I had a chat with them, and I thought, let me share this chat with you today. Maybe you can hear something of yourself in there or something that answers one thing that is troubling you around, you know, is traditional school the only way to go? But there's a lot of options now. And all those options are viable options. And there are parents out there making them happen. We have got two parents with us, two mummies with us, who've chosen a different path for their kids. And I've got a, kind of what did you say, educational director, director of learning. Academic manager. Academic manager of a privately owned, privately run uh, vocational school. And that's what we're talking about. So what if your kid is not made for the mainstream? Gilo, I'm going to start with you. You introduce yourself, mother of somebody who is awaiting her matric results. Matric, do they call them matric when you're homeschooling? I guess they call them great something. Uh, (laughs) 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 Yes, so um, I'm a mom and I have um, a stepdaughter and my own daughter. Um, My stepdaughter is doing her A-levels. She's actually waiting for her results. They're coming out today, so... Yeah, we just try not to stress about it. It's not, and, and it's not the, a big deal. And you're the educational director in your home, uh, waiting for the results, and you're homeschooling your girls. Yes. And Latabo is also on the line. Hello, Latabo. Hi, Pumi. How are you? Thank you for. I know you. You're still on holiday because you're not going back to school today. No, and not at all. We're going back on the nineteenth. Going back only on the nineteenth. My God, yes. what are you going to do for another week with kids at home? It's, it was all I could do for the six weeks. I was sad this morning, but I was just like, enough now, eating me out of house and home. You know, I'm actually very fortunate because they tend to entertain themselves. So while they're doing their own things and I can get on with my stuff. (laughs) And you've chosen Waldorf School, so which is a method school for your kids. Yes, um, we chose the Waldorf School. Asande, our eldest son, has been there. This is going to be his fourth year. Uh And our daughter is going to join him this year. And she'll be going to class one. Oh, no. So you're still having a first day coming your way. So when I was reading up about it, it's very, it's, it's very different from mainstream school. Tell me how you found out about Waldorf and how you decided that's the right thing for your children. Okay, um, I'm a, I'm, I take my role as a parent very seriously. And, um, you know, from reflecting and assessing how I was brought up, assessing what happened in mainstream schools, and I wanted my children to grow up and be full, whole human beings. And fortunately, it was through another lady that we went to church with. Her son was sickly. So what happened is that 
the son had an ability to go to hospital for whatever period for treatment and be able to go to school and not feel like he's left behind and so on. So when she told me about the world of education and then I took on the interest and I did my own research to understand what is it that they're offering. And for us, it was more focusing on the child as a human being, nurturing their sensitive um, personalities, nurturing their creative side, nurturing their academic side. So you get a little bit of everything. And their system is such that the child develops at its own pace. I mean, I've had parents being frustrated about grade one uh, students that have lots of, ho- uh, of homework. That's that me. The child cannot even cope at school. I can cope. I can cope with the homework that came home with grade one. But what does that mean? I hear all of those things and I hear the individual pace and the the holistic child and the um, personality. And I think, but how, how realistic is that in the world that we live in? I mean, when you get to work, People aren't like personality saying so. So space until ten. That that doesn't happen in the real world. So you know what I have found out to me is that doing while doing my own work, mm. the way society is being structured, you work from childhood all the way up to maybe tertiary to get your qualification, operating under pressure. And then you get onto the workplace, and then you have the depression, the stress breakdown, the addiction, and all sorts of negative things. And when people then take on the courage to go and investigate what has led to them behaving like that, when they believe that now they are full human beings, and that's when they start with the work of the uh, uh, understanding themselves. And I then decided that I would rather give my child the foundation that when they become adults, they understand themselves better. They know what makes them tick. They know what is it that helps them to function better in the world. Because if you look at the people in the workplace right now, there's high stress levels, there's high suicide risk, there's depression, there's mental illness, and all sorts of things that have been planted earlier on in life. And whereas if you allow the child to develop at their own pace and grow at their own pace, they can then be strong in their own personality and know what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And therefore, they will choose careers that will enhance the person that they are. And are you finding that when you then look at your children at play with other children, so not like cousins or so, because I think the, the thing that you then always, Kilo, what are you laughing about? Because the thing that, that's always my gauge is mm. not so much when you are in the school with mm. other children that are, that are in the same environment and with the same guidelines and rules like yourself, but when you are in, in real society, so your cousins mm. of all different kinds of people that all, that have, do you then find that the, the child that you have raised and, and that the school's helping you shape, do you, do you find the child more tem- the, their temperature more like, oh, that's a nice child? Or do you find them a little bit like, hmm, I don't know. I know these are your children, but still. <laughs> well, you can see when you see them. Um, you know, every parent will always be objective where their child is concerned. And for me, I've had positive feedback. 
And I also believe that children are raised by a community. So in my family, I've asked so many of my aunts and sisters to babysit for me. And this is also how I gauge my children's personalities. That if they are away from me, what feedback do I have? And what's so the feedback? Far, sorry? What's the feedback? The feedback so far has been good, and they actually look forward to having them. Because remember that we, they, they learn through play, they learn through being in touch with nature, they're very inquisitive, they ask questions. I mean, my children sometimes sit and watch National Geographic, and they will tell you stuff that is happening in the world. So they also understanding their own personalities because sometimes when maybe there's, you know, a behavior that they're not sure about, I'm like, no, remember when that animal this, 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 this and that? And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I understand now, mommy. You know, it becomes interactive and it becomes that you need to get out of your comfort zone and be at your child's pace. So speaking of comfort zones, um you know, as a parent, what, one of the things, it's, it's the worst thing because there's no manual to read. Yes. But, but my gauge is then how my mother was as a mother. That's mm. my only gauge. And so I then try to be less like my mother. Mm. <laughs> well, if you have a good relationship with your mother, that's another thing. Although, no, no, but still, but sometimes I hear my mother escape out of my mouth yes. as I'm there shouting at my own child. But I'm, I'm also so intrigued that our kids are so different from mm. us, but where they can then come back to you and say, I'm sorry, mom, but that thing that you were saying is not right because this is what, you know, they, they've got, they can talk back yes. and reason with you. And challenge you. And challenge you. Yeah. Do, do you then, how do you then deal with, with the difference in the way that you've been raised and the way that you're, you're trying to raise these kids? How do you deal with the two when they clash? This is the one thing about getting out of your comfort zone. Because with our parents, it was their way and their way only. You could not even utter a word after the last word that your mother has spoken. So the comfort zone... Oh, you get a me, hot clap. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it looked like a clap. <laughs> That's so true. So for me, it has been that I needed to empower myself as a person. That whenever my children challenge me, I don't see it as an attack, but I see it as a learning for all of us. And this has improved our communication skills. Because, I mean, I'll give you a typical example. Today, I told them earlier on in the morning that I'm expecting an important call, and I'd like for them to be either in their bedroom or outside when I have this call until the end of the call. And just as the phone rang, Asanda was playing in the dining room. She says, oh, mommy, is it that time? I said, yes, boy, it is that time, and I have asked you to not be around when I'm, I'm on this call. And guess what? They're not even near me right now. So things like that. You know, instead of being an oppressor, you become a communicator and that improves the relationship. And did you ever have like mainstream schooling for Asanda? Did I ever have? Mainstream schooling. Did he ever no, go to mainstream never an schooling? For us. It was never an option. No. And why not? I think I mainstream schooling for me personally, I, I didn't take to it that much. I I think my personality as well, I'm not a conformist. So I don't like being boxed or categorized as, you know. So I've always wanted different things. I've always looked at different things. 
even in terms of spirituality, even in terms of exploring things in life. And when I looked at her son, I said, okay, this is my child, and he's, he's just adventurous. From earlier on in life, he was curious and wanted to do things. And I thought, I want a space for my child to be free and be able to do himself. <laughs> and then are you going to keep him there till the trick? We're contemplating, and then we'll see how it goes. There is an option that we can keep him there until he ends a primary schooling and then move him to mainstream or to different. Fortunately, now there's also other alternatives. I don't know if you've heard of Pioneer Academy. No. They're offering a Cambridge curriculum. Okay. Which is different to the mainstream. Mm. So we're also contemplating that that could be an option because with the Cambridge curriculum as well, they do a lot of investigation and a lot of interactive learning as opposed to just being fed information. So, so, so we'll you're never going to move him to mainstream education. You're going to let him all the way through to matric until he completes his schooling at least. He would complete his schooling, but in a space where he's able to explore and be himself. I find that absolutely fascinating. And thank you so much for coming and chatting with me about it. Thank you. I'm literally, you know, because, okay, I'm going to ask the question because I can. As black people at your school. Yeah. Do you have other black families at your school? There are. (laughs) I think in Asanda's class, if I'm correct, there's about five or six other black kids. Oh, wonderful. And do, do you then, are you like... A community of like parents together or le 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 mixale bana babang basimo we use an uh, uh, open way of living mm. and what does that mean sorry <laughs> what does that mean an what open way mean? of living it's not to categorize or to class people so it's basically a human being is a human being and you just love everybody ah letabo Woman after my own heart. Thank you. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you for chatting with me. Good luck. Good luck with your new one next week when schools open again. She's so excited because she's also participated in certain activities at the school. So she's familiar with the culture of the school. So she's very excited to be going to Odo. That's so nice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for me. Good luck, ma'am. Thank you. So, you know, and this is always the thing is I then think oh, it's got to be about a person. It's got to be about a person. And Kilo, for you, do, how did you decide? So you're homeschooling the girls and you're, you're now almost at the, you're actually at the end. I mean, really, you, the formality of getting the results. Ne? Give yeah, I guess my daughter, so my stepdaughter um, doesn't live with us, so she's going to varsity this year but um moon my other daughter she's 16 so she still has a few years to go so it's still a long way but i think for us it's been a a long journey you know i'm listening to litab i'm like i so wish that i i had that clarity earlier on in life because it it took a it took a while to get here Um, really because I guess, you know, you start like all parents, you know, you, I think for me, the, the clarity came when my daughter asked me, mommy, why do I have to go to school? <laughs> and I struggled. <laughs> and that's when I realized that, okay, 
If I can't answer the question, why do I have to go to school, then maybe there's something wrong. But, I mean, she started school like most kids. Uh, as a working mom, she went to crash, I think, when she was two. So in her mind, she's really been at school since the age of two. Mm-hmm. And when she started grade one, she went to a normal primary school, actually, down the road. It was funny. I was just driving here. I'm like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> um, and she she struggled at grade one because, like Litabo was saying, you have to really know yourself and your children. And I think it was a personality thing. She She's very creative and she was not into sports, not at all. And sports was compulsory. So there was this pattern that started developing that when there's sports days, she's stressing. Oh, shame. And then her tummy is sore. And everything else <laughs> that can happen. And then there was bullying. Really? And the school would like, ah, oh, yeah, it's kids. It's nothing serious. And she would come home and then she'd cry. And then as a black parent in the northern suburbs, she had like normal hair that I was really not in the mood to put chemicals on. And then the school would say, does she have lies? I'm like, I don't even know what lies look like. So every three months there's this note, are you sure she doesn't have lies? Can't you do something about her hair? And I'm like, listen, it's the bullying, it's the sports, it's the lies. I'm tired and it's only grade one. So I like thought, okay, there has to be a better way. So the the stress for me, it's, it, it started as looking for options and I found a Montessori school which is a little bit different from Waldorf but um, a similar approach yeah. and she was very happy she did her primary school at a Montessori school and unfortunately for us there was no Montessori high school close by so back to square one now we have to put her back into normal school and I think listening to Litabo now mm-hmm. saying Maybe we'll take your kids into normal school. Um, it didn't work. Mm. So, so how do you then juggle the working and the school and the and the the lessons and lesson plan and all of that? We, I had to cut back on work uh, because you know opting to do homeschool meant I have to do most of the the teaching, you know, and the planning and. Uh, it's not five teachers for six subjects. It's uh, one teacher and a whole lot of research for everything. So it, it, it took a while. Um, we settled. We explored everything from Department of Education to the curriculum that's offered by private schools to K-12, which is the American curriculum. And we settled on Cambridge, and um, I think it's working for us. Um, there's a the examination system that she's doing with the British International College, so she can write exams. She gets all the material at home. Where I'm struggling, I have great help from the Internet. There's all sorts of online platforms. So it's. Um, I think we found 
we've we now and what grounded. About the, and, <laughs> and what about the subjects? You know, you know, man, you know, Letabo says about the, the load of homework. As I then look at the load of homework for grade one, everybody, everybody's been through the struggle with me through grade one, right? And everyone studying today, studying the grade two struggle with me. And every day for me, I'm just looking at this, as you're then cutting up a pizza to say fractions, I'm thinking, do you really need to know about fractions? So it in your all, all of your eight years, do you, you know, I'm thinking, so, <laughs> So what did you do about subject, subject Look, choice? Or know, were, you an, were you those irritating kids at school that was bright at everything? No, definitely not. Because okay, <laughs> I, I was about to judge you. De- definitely <laughs> not. But I think in, in our research, I came across um, French education. So in France, or if you go to the French school anywhere in the world, you have to learn a bit of everything. And I think I was one of those unfortunate kids who went into a specialized school at grade 10. So from grade 10 up until my post-grad, all I did was economics, accounting, and more accounting and finance. So I was really like streamlined into one area of knowledge. And later on in life, I'm finding like I didn't do physics, I didn't do history, biology, and, and you just it. a little bit of <laughs> holding a dinner conversation about Einstein would go a long way. So my approach is do a little bit of everything. Jacques, this is possible. your moment to shine. This is your moment to shine with your question about. So you're waiting for the results. Um, and waiting for Vitz, right? Yes. And Vitz is waiting for the results. Yes. And you did a Cambridge. Yes. Cambridge uh-huh. O levels, A levels. What yes. is it? Um, a levels. A levels. Yes. And and merging the two, are you not worried that as she then goes into Vitz and she she hasn't had the same background as all of the other kids, all the two hundred and fifty other kids in the lecture hall? <laughs> I think I'm actually relieved because, I mean, I, the Department of Education does it good work. You know, it's uh, both in the public school education and in the private school education. But I think she's going to be more comfortable because, at least in my understanding of what I have seen from Cambridge, they cover a lot more than what our kids get to do at grade 12. And how did you decide on the Cambridge system? So um, after looking at all of the various things and what, you, what you've what you got available, I mean, there's a lot of contention in South Africa about homeschooling and material and all of that. Yes, I think our local material is not well developed. And uh, what I found is that the material that you get, it's not the best that it can be. Like my other daughter, she she wants to be a film director. She's she's known that since she could hold a camera. So there's no point really in trying to... And she knows exactly she's going to NYU, she's going to study film, and she's going to win an Oscar. She's very clear. So the goal is to get her into NYU. And really the haggle about is it a grade 12 from Malusi, is it Cambridge, is it SATs? I think that that for me is what does your child want to do and, and really just focusing on that. 
And unfortunately, the grade 12 metric results, whatever we get out of this country is not good enough for the world. That's, okay. that's mm. just perfect. I'm going mm. to use that what does your child want to do as, as the perfect time to introduce Jacques, mm. who's patiently sitting mm-hmm. here. <laughs> patiently sitting here, um, part of this fascinating little conversation. But Jacques, you're from a, a vocational school, mm. uh, which we're used to. In, in the high school, but, but Sparrow, so Sparrow Schools is founded 25 years now. Yeah, hey, 25, 25 years. years. I was quite uh, surprised when I read that. I thought, has it been 25 years? Yeah. So privately founded, and, and in yeah. fact, has a very interesting way in that it works, um, and is primary school and high school, but it's yeah, all vocational. I've, I've started coining the phrase, uh, kind of a, uh, we offer a whole system solution. Um, but uh, so much of what what you've said, there's historically there's been very few places for a learner that's looking for an alternative or needs an alternative mm-hmm. pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, there's been very few options available to to a parent to a child. Um, luckily, with the advent of of online resources, um, I think. 10, 15 years ago, doing homeschooling was a different, a different animal, um, or almost undoable animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, luckily, with 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 a, um, a exponentially growing um, resource that is the internet, you've 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 got resources available and uh, makes it an easier journey. Um, but still, one that you need to be very brave to, <laughs> to embark on. I'm not sure whether I would. I think uh, more than brave, and Kilo, I must commend you, but yeah, more than absolutely. brave, when I think about my frustration with homework, I think the main part of my frustration is I can't deal with like the fact that you can't write your name. Like, mm. I'm helping you learn what? <laughs> oh, no. And so I think for me, even the trying to explain anything even if you're like 16 i think that would be why i i find teachers incredibly amazing because i think that the the temperament of who you are mm-hmm. when you're a teacher is so much so much more so much more than just yeah, one type of relationship so what yeah. is your school so we used to well, i remember technicons right yeah. we used to have like yeah. technicons where yes. you could do an n15 or whatever yes. and and you could do like plumbing and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Sparrow Schools, wh- what is how is it constituted, particularly in the primary? S- well, okay, let me let me let me let me go back to its inception. Um, at its at its very core, Sparrow Schools was was um, f- came into being to address uh, a need, um, which primarily focused on on special needs education. Um, and special needs education 25 years ago was an expensive thing to access, um, and and our founder wanted to to create a place where special needs education can be accessible, affordable um, to to parents who historically would have been denied access to it, be it by uh, virtue of their skin color, be it by virtue of just not having the financial resources. Um, so that was really sparrow at its at its at its uh, inception, and it's grown since. Um, and and it's 
you know, as the need in the country changes, your institution needs to change and be able to address those uh, those changes. And I think luckily we've been able to do so. Um, but the the primary school essentially still focuses on special needs. The the high school creates a continuity or, or a, um, kind of a follow-on place for for learners who follow uh, the grade one through to seven and then go into eight and nine. And as you as you mentioned, uh, Pumi, the the technical colleges of old, where if um, if you spend too much time smoking in the bathrooms in the old school system, um, you know your school will transform you out to a technical college. Um, and uh, you know that that was always a place where learners would go that that didn't fit into the system as it was then. Um, and the the uh, Department of of Basic Education, Higher Education. I think they they came up with a, with a at least in its in its pure form came up with a system that worked. Um, the 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 um, NQF FET framework. Um, you know, one one could argue the 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 viability of the public FET system, but at least the private FET system, I think, is a place where where learners that that don't have an avenue can actually find a place where they can go and follow an accredited course, find a skill that actually creates employability. Uh, they become an employable uh, individual uh, at the end of the course, which is really our focus. Um, and I think that's, um, I'm sure that's the focus of every parent, uh, is to make sure that their child becomes a functional human being in society, is able to um, earn an income and self-sustain. Look, and I, the one thing I do know is I, I completely love it. I never used to know what kids that go to technical colleges do. You know, you because know, when you're in high school, th- these things are so far removed mm. from you. I never yeah. used to know. You just see these cool guys with their teed rulers and you just like, you know, some of them don't even wear uniform. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when I really found out that they actually get practical skills, like your 10 metric distinctions mean nothing. Nothing when that geezer bursts. <laughs> like, when that geezer bursts, your 10 distinctions. Everyone's just like, yeah, you need a plumber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one cares, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that, that for me is, is why I think that the idea of technical colleges, vocational schools are such an essential part mm. of growing our economy. Well, I th- you know, parents have gotten... Um, uh, and I mean, we, we all fall into that trap as parents. Uh, you get obsessed with, um, or maybe obsessed is a bit of a strong word. The but, word is uh, obsessed. But you want the your word kid is to, obsessed. yeah, everybody wants their kids to be to be lawyers and and or attorneys. Uh, in this country, at least, we don't have lawyers; we have attorneys. Um, you know, when you see that sign, attorney at law, well, what else would you be an attorney at? Anyway, <laughs> uh, attorneys and doctors and, and uh, you know, you, you all have the, we all have that dream for, for our kids. But um, through, through the reality of this country and where we've all come from, many millions of kids will never be able to, to, to access that pathway. They won't get a grade 12. Um, they, they won't get into a university and go and study um, a BSc or go and study a, um, a BMed or, or whatever the case may be. They they need to find a, a different pathway, um, and that pathway isn't necessarily um, of poorer quality or less appealing or, or uh, less attractive. 
it's still a pathway into a place where you can become a productive human being in this country. I'm going to stop you at the pathway because I think that um, w- that's a very important conversation to have for parents and with mm. you as well, Kilo, to say w- how you define that pathway and how you look at that pathway. But like Duncan's waving frantically at me because I have to play an ad. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more about what it is that you should be asking yourself if you want to give your children an alternative to mainstream education and how you find the right one for you and your child. Peter Turin presents the glorious musical comedy Singing in the Rain. Direct from a sellout London West End season, this five-star production will leave you with a song in your heart and a smile on your face. With spectacular dancing and raining live on stage, Singing in the Rain showers you with everything you could wish for in a hit musical. Now on at Monte Cassino, only until March 13. Singing in the Rain, book now. Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. I couldn't help myself with Pink Floyd. I completely <laughs> I used to feel like that. I used to see this in the 80s. I'd see that music video with all those kids. And I'd think, this is why you must bend their uniform. You know? <laughs> and so I couldn't help myself. This is the... Perfect song. I'm Pumi Mashiko. You're listening to Umandla. And we're talking about alternatives to mainstream education. What else you can do? If your kid, if you don't want your kid to be another brick in the wall, or if your kid is actually like bursting out of that wall, they're that brick that's like trying to jump out of that wall. What else? What else is available to them? What else is out there? I've got Gilo, who's a parent who's teaching her kids at home homeschooling her kids and fortunately for her she has the temperament for it and (laughs) and was able to take the time off because i think that that's that's another very big thing that we we don't we don't kind of account to to think that you actually need the time because homeschooling is not like it's going to be three hours a day all of a sudden it's still like the full regimen of schooling but Mm. You're just, it's not at another place, it's at home or in and around the home. And I've got Jacques, who is the, oh, Jacques. Academic manager. Academic manager of the Sparrow Schools, which is, and so you're not FET. You're like, well, what, we, what are you, what we, are you classified as? Well, we've got the two schools, mm-hmm. uh, which are both accredited. Uh, LSEN, which is Learners with Special Educational Needs, um, schools registered. Um, with 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 the Gauteng Department of Education um, and the FET College, uh, so it's in other words you would you would be able to follow, come into grade one, um, finish grade seven, go into grade eight, grade nine, and then go into the FET College where the focus is on vocational training, um, specifically with, from the NQF framework. So what are the questions, Gilo, What are the questions that you you were asking yourself? So she asked you, why must you go to school? And because you couldn't answer, you decided that that's, oh, well, let's look for an alternative. But what are the questions that a parent needs to, to think about, the things that they need to take into account if you're thinking of homeschooling your kids or if you're thinking of taking them out of mainstream education? I think for me, really, it's where is your child going to be when they are 21, 25, and they are on their own? Mm. They have to be a well-rounded human beings start a family have a job what does that look like when you are not there you know? mm-hmm. and I think for me that that is I chose to bring them here so 
I think the least I can do is make sure that <laughs> they are going to be okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that for me is the critical thing. What happens, you know? That's a profound question because that that is also, I suppose, the thing that you need to ask yourself about your your child and be honest mm. in their abilities. Even mm. if you you think of taking them into into a vocational space, you have to be aware and like realistic about what you. Because you were saying earlier that parents have a, an obsession with yeah. seeing their kids professionals, you know, mm. Mm. and and. I think I think in the last few years there's luckily luckily and this is a good good development in education uh formal education shall we say um the 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 whole move towards a learner centered environment so the the question is not uh, what curriculum should we offer the question is what are the needs of this group of learners or this learner or this I actually hate that term learner uh such a <laughs> Depersonalized <laughs> things like you're talking about a uh, an object and not a person. Uh, you know, it's, what does the child need? It's child-centered education. That's where the thrust should be. Um, forget curriculum. Forget forget what what we think should be happening. Uh, let the needs of the child guide us. Uh, that should be the departure point. And I mean, as a parent, um, if if homeschooling is the solution. Then that's your solution. Um, if if vocational education um, is the solution, then that's your solution because those solutions now exist. Uh, they didn't in the past twenty years ago. They didn't exist. I think the most profound thing for me is is also that you have to kind of look forward. I remember when when we were in standard eight. What is standard eight now, Ken? Grade ten. ten. Yeah. When and and when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up, because you must take the right subjects yeah. for the varsity thing that you're going to... So, like, at that time, you, you need to be thinking about that. And I think the most profound thing, Kelo, when you say you... When they, are, when they have to function as adults, as part of society, so I suppose one of the things that we need to be raising our children with is a, a thinking that says, where is the world going? Yeah. Where is the world going to be? And what kind of workers? Mm. What kind of people... Do new economies yeah. require? I saw a very fascinating thing that in America today, there are more people employed in the energy and solar sector than in oil and gas. Mm. And I was like, that is like 10 years ago. That industry sector didn't even exist. Yeah. If you think about computers yeah. and the internet and, and all of those things, they didn't even exist. So you kind of have to be raising that child for, for a future that... Yeah. yeah. Well, here's, a, here's an example to illustrate your point. Uh, a good friend of mine, we went to school, standard school, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing special. Uh, it was a public school. Um, she eventually went to art school, um, ABDM, um, here in Joburg and went into graphic design. Um, and we all looked at it and thought graphic design really. <laughs> Are you, are you How are you going to make a living? Yeah. You, you're going to be living with your parents until you're 40. Um, and she's now in an industry which then doesn't exist, which is UX design. So user experience. She designs and um, creates a better user experience uh, primarily on mobile apps. Wow. Um, you know, when uh, this is someone who went to art school. 
uh, and did fine art and went into graphic design and now it's a completely different place and it didn't exist as you said now for me it didn't exist a few years ago and and, and that's challenges but what yeah. are the challenges that a parent can expect? I think, you know, because we've all been through mainstream schooling, mm. yeah, it's, you kind of, you know what's coming your way. You know, you're going to deal with teachers mm. that suck. You're going to deal yeah. with nice teachers. Mm. You're going to deal with bullying. You're going to deal mm. with all of that. Mm. Um, but what are the challenges? So, Kilo, what have the challenges been for you? I, I think for me, maybe just one comment on like, jobs of the future kind of thing that... I've resigned my, like, I've reconciled with myself that <laughs> the jobs that our children are going to have to do don't exist mm. yet. Mm. So my biggest challenge is to keep up with where technology is going because mm. that's what's proof. driving Whoa. the future. Yeah. We have to future-proof and our kids. I, I, I have to, I mean, the people always say, okay, private school education costs it costs an arm and a leg and most parents can't afford it and I'm like okay fine then if you have to take your child to a public school do that but then give them the tools buy them the mm. best iPhone that is out there mm. in the market mm. invest in internet get them a computer and just let them be mm. um, then they'll figure it out for themselves because I think um, at home so we have a, a shot a graphic design studio and we call our daughter the IT guy <laughs> <laughs> when something happens and we can't figure it out it's like <gasps> Moon her name is Moon so it's like and for her it's easy she yeah. she was born in the age of the internet these things are she's they, a digital native yes I so we still you know, forcing kids to memorize stuff when it's all on the internet. Kanako was telling me how much he loves coming to the office because there's Wi-Fi. Yes. I'm just like, what do you know about Wi-Fi? Like, and it's, it's a thing for him. But challenges, challenges for parents who've never been through a system like yours, yeah. what can they expect? And how do they, how do they support their how do they support their children in outside of mainstream? Well, you know, one of the, one I think one of the biggest challenges to 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 parents, um, and and I see this when I have conversations with with the principals at our schools, and I see this when I have conversations with teachers. Parents need to be honest with what their kids are and who their kids are and what their kids can do. Um, the moment you start looking at your own child in a honest light um, you, you'll be far more able to, to actually start looking at pathways that will suit your child um, because I mean the, the, the old cliche of um, this, this parent wants their, their son or daughter to become a doctor, okay but is that really who your child is supposed to be Mm -hmm. um, sure, you can't predict that with any real accuracy, but I mean, you know who you, you, your, your child you is. You know your child, yeah. uh, which is what which is what Litawa was saying. That already, you know, for, she knew that this child of hers yeah. needed to be outside of the because she hated it, and she can mm. see herself in mm. him. 
And, and Ricardo, I think this is also for you. So Ricardo sent us a message, and, and he's saying his little brother, all they wanted for him was a matric. But he hates school. He just wants to be in music, and now he's actually dropped out. Mm. I think that's the, that's the way. I mean, it's important to know what he wants. Ricardo, I think even for you and your, and your family, it's important to understand what he wants and, and how you can support him to succeed in what he wants. Yeah. If you think, I mean... You, you need to play to the child's strengths. Child's uh, strengths. It doesn't help you that you lie as a parent that you lie to your to yourself, uh, and put put a put a child in an environment where they're not going to cope, uh, because the, the the realities of 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 that, or the impact that that has, it affects the child on so many levels, not mm-hmm. just academically. It's a it's a psychological onslaught. Um, if you put a child in a in a in a school where they are terrified um you mentioned earlier the the sport uh you know g- getting sick on the days that there's school sport i mean i had the same issue i didn't want to go to school when there's a when there's an inter house because i hated wearing shorts but you go to school and you 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 know you, your your pe teacher shoves this really unappealing piece of nylon into your hands and says you wear that you have no choice and you're thinking, but I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to do that. Um, and I think we're now in a space in education where, where we can hear the child. Um, so listen to the child. Hear the child. Listen to what their needs are. Um, if if, if uh, uh, putting that child into an environment where all you're going to do is damage, um, then you should listen to that and put the child in a place where where you are building, not not mm. destroying. I forgot to ask Letabo about the cost of it. And and so I'm going to ask you mm. about the cost of your school. And I know you have a very interesting structure. Funding model. And yeah. Funding model. Hey, man, that's a, I can <laughs> see why you've cool got your word? job. Yeah. <laughs> I can throw three-syllable words out there all day long. She's funding model. So I know you guys have a, a very interesting funding model. Mm, yes, yes. Um, but the cost of it, is it more expensive than mainstream education? Is um, alt- are the alternatives more expensive? I'm going to look for Waldorf quickly. Let's, okay, let's compare, let's compare a university um, uh, um, degree. Uh, I mean, you're looking, typically you're looking at, at uh, should we say, the more affordable range. Uh, you're looking at the... Uh, 30,000 rand a year, 30 to 50,000 rand a year um, uh, price tag. Um, vocational training tends to be more affordable. We've actually managed, um, so allow me to do a bit of advertising for Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've got 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Then I'm cutting off your mind. What is, what is that hashtag, <laughs> the, the, the hashtag uh, free education? We've actually managed to do that. Um, and, and, with so the fees have fallen at Sparrow. It, we offer free education. Let it be known. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean it, it 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 is possible in a vocational framework where where you've got learnerships, uh, where where the child actually receives a stipend on a month to month basis, uh, and and receives that stipend for the duration of his or her training. Um, so those possibilities exist, um, and and are available. Uh, but typically, um, vocational training sh- seems to be cheaper than uh, than university training. That does not mean that it's worse in terms of quality, because I think there's a lot of 
price sensitivity or negative price sensitivity, so to speak, in the market. You know, cheaper education is perceived as as worse. Well, I'm looking or, or here at, at, Mark, at Michael Mount, and I can tell you Michael Mount is around the same. It's not yeah. that expensive either. Yeah. It's not expensive like... Like 60, 80, <laughs> like 100,000 a year. But it seems affordable. Yeah. And for you, Kilo, did it make a difference to your pocket? It did. Um, it did make a difference to my budget because it's, to a, your little budget. <laughs> it's a bit In more a expensive. good or a bad way. It's a little bit more expensive than a public school, mm. um, but definitely cheaper than a private school in a good way because at the beginning the investment was getting all the materials, the supplies. Uh, but with time, I think now in a year, we budget around... 20, 25,000 for materials and textbooks and all those things. Um, mm. So that that works. Um, you know, it's not, it can be cheaper because Cambridge is a little bit more expensive, but there are other homeschooling curriculums, the other, you know, places that offer cheaper uh, content. So it does, it, it also not factoring in the time because you have, I'm not an expert at everything, so some of the content other parents might need tutors, you have to factor that in. Mm. There's not a lot of socialization. Um, there's what did no you do about that? Just very quickly before, before we close, I mean, one of the, the biggest arguments ever against homeschooling is that these kids are at home all the time they don't get to socialize with other kids what did you do about the interactivity with other children and and also living in the suburbs how now you know <laughs> this is always my thing always my thing about living in the suburbs like it's always been touted as this awesome thing but you can't then say to your kids <laughs> which i thought which now that i i need to say it every now and again and there's no Option to yeah. do that? I think fortunately for us, we live in a complex. So, you oh, know, there were other kids, but strange enough, just quickly, when we decided on homeschool, all the kids, at least in the complex that we're living in at that moment, their parents wouldn't allow them to play with my daughter because they said she's dropped out of school. She's going to influence you oh, really badly. Oh, man. It took a while, but that's fine. But I think in terms of socialization, um, you know, she does music. She has violin lessons. Oh. Not currently, but we did violin for a bit. And we try, you know, and go out meet other kids, spend time with family. And I think, you know, she's got cousins. She has friends from um, when mm. she was at school. Mm. And she actually has a lot of friends online. She has a lot of friends online, which is... She's living that <laughs> that future life. She's yeah. living that future life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jacques. So, Jacques, one more time, I'm going to give you... 20 seconds this time to do a little bit of an ad for Sparrow Schools. How do people get hold of Sparrow Schools? Do you uh, know or must I ask Pearl? I think Pearl. <laughs> she's our social media. Pearl, man, Guru. why must you use this microphone? Yes, that's the microphone. Use that microphone. So how do people get hold of Sparrow Schools? Okay, so online we're at Sparrow Trust. That's Twitter. 
And then on Facebook, we are Spiro Educational Trust. And if you're looking for opportunities at the FET College, the direct number to call is 011-673-4410. So Sparrow Trust on Facebook and Twitter, Sparrow Trust? Sparrow Trust on Twitter, Sparrow Schools Educational Trust on Facebook. On Facebook. And uh, the good news, parents, is the fees have fallen. Thank you, Jacques. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your time and thank you, Kilo, for sharing your experience with us. It, it's been, look, for me, it's been an education. I'm Pumi Mashiko and you've been listening to Wumandla. We're back again next week. Wumandla on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.